Hello and welcome to the 25th episode of Walled Garden Weekly. It's about a month and a half late, so we're kind of Walled Garden whenever. Walled Garden, where'd it go? I think a month and a half is optimistic. Walled Garden, why don't they make another one? Walled Garden, where is my podcast? Uh, anyway, we are here at WWDC in San Francisco, California. We are sitting in Kevin's beautiful, beautiful suite up on the tippy top of the intercontinental San Francisco. Um, and uh, Kevin, you want to say hello? Hello, hello. He is, in fact, here. Um, and we have a very, very special guest this episode. It is James Vaughn joining us from London. And he is the creator of a game you've probably never heard of. It didn't do very well. It's called Plague Inc. Hi, guys. His lovely accent. I We were thinking about me trying to emulate his accent and him emulating mine. But and we decided, we. and <laughs> by we, it really was just me being obnoxious. Uh, in any case, and the other important part of our show, of course, is that we do drink beer. And uh, this episode, we have uh, Liberty Ale, which is Kevin's kick into the pants of James, really. It's an anchor. It's an anchor steam you know it's an anchor beer uh not anchor steam steam is the beer uh, so it's a san francisco beer that seems to kind of it is yeah pro-america and mm. thus anti-britain what language is the label in <laughs> american is it? America? Okay. it does it has an eagle and like a flag it's and it's not anchor, right? it looks like english to me the language is ounces is there what are the what are with uh, uh 12 fluid ounces brood and bottle i'm trying to think of a word that is not there's got to be a co- there's got to be color on here. It looks pretty English to me. Uh, 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 and of course, we were making beer before America had even been discovered. Hmm. <laughs> Didn't you call it mead though, or something? I think we're gonna lose this. I, I don't think this <laughs> is. He also yeah. reads a lot. Yeah, so. he does. I think this is. I'll be like, much. well, uh, I so, watched Battlestar Galactica. Onto apps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a pretty good week though. Uh, WWDC, of course, is when Apple announces all of their new products and new things to look forward to. So big, uh, big announcement, of course, is iOS 7, which uh, has been, you know, really everybody's been curious. What is it? What's going to happen when John I- Johnny Ives takes over the uh, Sir Johnny Ives um, takes over design at Apple, and um, we're seeing a lot of uh, new effects, a completely new look. It's really quite different from from iOS uh, anything before it. A lot of uh, a lot of translucency, and it seems like the theme is layered, layered interfaces. So using uh, a blurred effects to sort of stack, um, stack everything and derive meaning from those stacks. And you can tilt the phone and layers shift around. There's a lot of eye candy of that sort. A lot of bounce. There's a lot of new like when you scroll the messages now, like the the chat bubbles kind of like do this wave, do this wave thing. Um, it's very playful. What was the word they kept using? Delightful. Playful. Delightful. Playful. Very much, yeah. You know, how, how does the user feel when they use it? Yeah. So, lots of pretty colors. Yeah. First, any uh, first impressions? Um, so, f- for me, I thought it, it looked good. They needed to do something different. I think you need to see how everyone responds to it, especially people who've grown up with Apple technology as the only technology they really understand. When they have to change the way they interact with it, I think it will be interesting to see how that. Yeah, the, the claim was that it's going to just be like you just do what you did before and it'll just be more beautiful and more delightful. Hmm. We'll see if that's really the case. We got a new icon size. This is epic. For <laughs> yeah. We're moving from sort of 57 points to 60 points. Yeah. Uh, it actually makes a big change. It's sort of a weird 
little thing, but when you look at them side by side, the amount of sort of negative space, the like in between the icons, is like really reduced. It doesn't, you know, it seems it's just like you know seven percent increase, but. And how many apps are there now? Eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred thousand apps need to redo that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and right that's the thing is the the corner radius is also different. Yeah. So. So what's going to happen with the old icons? I don't know. You, it's you know, just going to jank them up until someone fixes something. Well, they're apparently in in uh, apparently well they'll have to do something to allow have icons for both iOS 6 and iOS 7. Yeah. A lot of developers I've talked to are trying to decide if they're uh, going to emulate the style of iOS 7 mm. because the icons yeah. all have a really distinctive look. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're very colorful, but they're also very flat. Um, but in a way, if you then have one that looks distinct from that, then you're going to have your app standing out more. Yeah, in a way, it seems like you should just be obnoxious and make yeah. it really <laughs> even 3D. more 3D. Yeah. Even more bulging. <laughs> Maybe right? make it react to tilt somehow. <laughs> um, but your uh, Plaguing's icon will be relatively easy to adapt mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh all the all the olympic icons are flat in mm-hmm. nature they all have borders though yeah they do we have borders i don't know gunship's not that flat it's not a symbolic sort of icon it's right pretty graphical so are yours yours have a lot of fine detail. i know mine are like 3d they're yeah. like 3d renderings that <coughs> <I> can, <coughs> right so so that's like it's so that's what we're that's the biggest change that we that's the takeaway yeah icon size right that's what we that's what that's, I. That's really that's, really, that's WWDC for like, you. Icon is size. icons have changed. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, new Mac Pro. Everybody wanted one. Now they have one. It looks like a waste bin. I really. <laughs> so that's like the most <laughs> unexciting review I've heard. Uh, the um, do you what do you use for your you for your desktop for your daily. Uh, so I don't I, I I have a PC which I haven't really used in a long time. But when I was developing Plague Inc, I was just borrowing an old Mac laptop off my parents and off friends. And now I can afford my own laptop, so I just have a MacBook Air that I use. Yeah. So this doesn't this well this does this did affect you then. No, the new Mac, excited for I, a I high probably won't get the new MacBook Air straight away, but I mean, yeah, down the line it'll be good to have the extra battery life. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. All day batteries. Um, and no, no MacBook Pros, as a lot of people were hoping. Uh, I think uh, Eli Hodap said something along the lines of, "They don't announce and uh, a new MacBook Pro. I'm not leaving this building until and they he, arrest and me." And he didn't come to lunch, so he didn't. So I think he was probably I saw arrested. Him several days later. Yeah, no, he was very he quiet. Went through some <laughs> Apple security. Some Apple security probings. Oh, geez. Uh, cool. So uh, James, now that you're here, I'd like to know more about Plague. Um, you've had uh, just really enormous success with that game. Uh, every time I check, you're you're still in the top paid, top ten, uh, sometimes higher. You sort of waver around in that top ten range. Yeah, try to. We're having a little dip again at the moment, but we got up to f- uh, top five last week, I think. So, so is it is it an unexpected thing for you to be so successful with Plague, or yes. or did you do you feel like there were a lot of strategies you employed and things like that? You know, good plans that that were successful, or do you feel like it was just the market that really just sort of chose you and pushed you to the top? So you need to go back a little to, to why I made it. I, I made I had a full-time job as a strategy consultant. I made Plague Inc. because I wanted to give myself a bit of a challenge. I wanted to do something creative for a change. I mean, you guys do creative stuff all the time, so you maybe can get used to that kind of creative the creative opportunities that you have. I didn't really have that at the time, so I wanted to do something a bit creative. Success, I wasn't doing it to make money or to achieve enormous success. For me, success was just releasing the app. And I was making a game which I wanted to play. And I thought there might be some other people who would want to play that game as well. But I had no idea of the size of the market, and I've been, been <coughs> I've been very surprised by how that's by how that's gone. Yeah, I think that's very important. The you hear that a lot for from successful apps is the developer was just making a game they wanted to play. Yeah, they that's weren't like 
even if they, I mean, maybe they were also thinking about other market considerations, but there's always the Venn diagram of what it was always includes mm. and it it's was because, what I wanted to play. It's because if you're wanting to make a game that you want to play, then it means there's not a game like that already on the market. If, and so by your, your, a, there is a gap in the market because mm. you want you know there is, you've looked for that game, you can't find it. Yep. Now, the question is how big that gap is, but there's definitely something there. Right, but it, you know, if, with the right amount of excellence, you know, the right, you know, you can rise above even if it's mm. a narrow difference. Well, and that, if, if it's the game which you feel passionate about, then yeah. you're going to invest the time to right. really polish it and think about everything and work out exactly how the player's going to interact with your game. And I, think that that's, I think that's a really important, like with, especially with people maybe just having a failure or whatever, they're like, oh, maybe I should try a different kind of game that is like a game that has succeeded. Hmm. I think that that's really treacherous. I think that if your heart's not stick. in it, then right, you're gonna fail. You know, yeah. um, you might have a different level of failure. You might it might fail less. You hmm. know, but it's not gonna be big success. I don't think. And you won't have your fun. In it. You won't have fun. Like, you, at the end right. of the day, you you've got to you got to be enjoying what you're doing. Otherwise, there's lots of jobs you can do which aren't fun, and. Pay more, more reliably. Yeah, <laughs> good point. So, so you're a strategy consultant, and you did this in your weekends, free time? Yeah, time? in the evenings and spare time. Right. And how long did it take you to develop? Like, how long? Well, just walk us through the process of the development. Did you have the idea for a while, sort of sitting, and you? So you I, I originally to do caught it? sort of the entrepreneurial bug from a colleague, and I thought, oh, well, I want to actually maybe do something a bit more my own, something entrepreneurial. Didn't really know what. So I got a couple of friends together, and we sort of brainstormed for a month or two, like what what ideas can we come up with the new Facebook, Twitter, Google company, which is going to be wonderful. All of the ideas were shit. And after a while, we thought, right, okay, this isn't going to work. And we sort of went our separate ways again. And I felt, well, I, I still need to prove to myself that I can do something. So whilst waiting for my wonderful entrepreneurial idea to come along, I'll make a game. I've always enjoyed playing games a lot. And it's I didn't feel there was any games that I, sort of intelligent, sophisticated games, which I enjoyed playing on mobile. So I thought, well, okay. I'll go ahead and make that. And there was a game called Pandemic 2, which is a Flash game from 2008. And that's a game where you're trying to infect everyone in the world with a disease. And I played that and thought, that's good, but it could be so much better. There's all, this, there's all these additional things I want to add, deeper narrative, more strategic options. Um, all, all these things just f floating around in my head. And I think I decided it was kind of a perfect storm of opportunity because I knew I wanted to do something and I thought well rather than just keep it in my head like you normally do when you think oh I can do better than that I thought right I'm going to actually try and do it so then I was faced with a challenge of I'm not a technical person myself I, I, I couldn't create the app that I wanted to create without without help so I had to find freelancers who were able to help me produce the app to my specifications so I found a programmer called Mario and a, a graphics artist called Sophia and these guys were able to sort of they're based out in the Czech Republic um, and they, they were able to help me make this game and it took an enormous amount of time to find the right people I spent well over a month just interviewing people scanning forums trying to find people who I felt would be good and this really kind of shows the power of the internet because I mean I'm a random guy sitting in London mm -hmm. and I had access to an entire global market of people and I didn't just need somebody who was very good but I was doing it as a hobby I wasn't doing it to make money so I couldn't pay a crazy amount of money so I had to find people who were also reasonably priced as well and that, mm -hmm. was, that was very challenging but yeah got them started work and 
we had lots of ups and downs and challenges, which I won't bore you with. But I mean, it, it took took around a year to go from me first deciding I wanted to make it through to actually releasing it on the App Store. About a year. And and what were the challenges of working with this remote team and, and not being, you know, I guess, like, as you said, a technical person? Were there, mm. were there a lot of difficulties in communicating your ideas? Like, what was the process that you'd use to, to design a game when you couldn't build the code yourself? So communicating ideas was, was, was quite challenging because um, in, I mean, English was, was not their first language. Mm. And Mario especially, he, he was comfortable reading English, but not necessarily speaking English. So... All of our communication was done via email mm. and Gtalk. That's interesting. And okay. that slowed things down. But at the same time, I think when you're forced to write everything down, it makes you think a little oh bit yeah. more sure. about what you're doing. And you can't just sort of pick up the phone and go, right, I need this, 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 slam the phone down and that's it. And you, you have to really think about them. Right, right. So it, it, was, it was the main way the game was developed was I knew what I wanted in my head. I just couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my head without help. So I would, for the art, I would do horrendous PowerPoints, which sort of showed what I wanted each screen to look like. And then Sophia would take those and she would turn them into pretty graphics. And I would look at it and go, well, yeah, that's good there, good there, let's change this, change this, try something else here. And we'd have a, we'd, it would iterate enormous numbers of times. Sophia was very patient. And luckily she didn't kill me. Although she's, <laughs> she regularly wants to. But, <laughs> but we had that kind of iteration and then we finally got there. And from a technical point of view, I, I can bastardize code a little bit, but I can't create it from scratch. Mm -hmm. So Mario created this game engine for me. He created a, a sandpit, and then I went and played in the sandpit. I can go and code the game algorithms. So all of my game algorithms originally I programmed in Excel, which I'm more comfortable with, mm -hmm. and I'm able to sort of test the ranges, the tolerances, make sure that the algorithms are sort of doing what I want and they're interacting in a correct way. And then I put them into the spaces that he'd done. And once he sort of explained to me, okay, this is how these variable structures work, then I'm able to go and create my own variables directly in the code afterwards. So I, was, I could do simple technical stuff, but luckily the, I mean, the game is focused on, uh, it, it, the game isn't technically that challenging. The, 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 the appeal from the game comes from the algorithms and the narrative which are used to create this living, breathing world. Right. Have I actually explained what Plaguing is? I don't think you have. I think, I think I we have. should we should quickly take a moment for those three people <laughs> who are listening, the game itself? who should really just stop the podcast and go play it. Yeah. We're talking about literally what it is or what, what it is, is to you, mm. or like no, I just I think literally, literally, quite what, literally. Well, what it is. So, Plague Inc. is a game where you've got to infect everyone in the world with a deadly disease and then kill them. So it's not the nicest of games, but it's a bit like the film Contagion, except yep. you're playing the playing the baddie. And anyway, so we'll go back on track there. But. Um, one thing I don't know, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about this on the show, but one thing I uh, talked to you about uh, the other day that I thought was really interesting is how the the way that plaguing works internally is not you sort of randomly tweaking numbers. It is a little bit maybe, but maybe you do want to talk about a little bit how you informed how certain countries would react mm -hmm. to uh, so the grounding in really reality, reality yes. using real mm -hmm. data. Yeah. yeah, and I think this is something which is very powerful. I wanted Plague Inc. to feel real. I had a, an image in my head of how it should react and when playing it, what a government should do when X situation happens. And it took a, an enormous amount of effort and tweaking to get that. I mean, one of the things which is very helpful is that there's an enormous amount of real world data out there which you can 
use to power your game. And I mean, that's using real-world data doesn't automatically make the game realistic, but it's it's a good start. So, for instance, the the World Bank has enormous data sets, and you can download data for like umpteen sort of like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different variables for every country in the world over the last 40, 50 years. And it goes from what population the country is to what percentage of them are children under a certain age to how many tractors each company has. I mean, the data is so detailed. So I was able to use that data to inform a lot of my thinking. So it drove population numbers and also when deciding how how much medical research a, com a com country should be able to do. I could use its GDP and its number of doctors and come up with an amalgamated number, which just let me create the different categories of country. And it made sure that countries react in a way that people expect them to, mostly. I mean, there are generalizations and stuff right. still. But For the sake of a good game. Yeah. Well, an enormous, you have to make a lot of sacrifices to make it a good game. I don't know if you guys know, I was at the CDC a couple of months mm -hmm. ago, and one of the things they were very interested in is, A, how did I model the spread of infectious disease in the game, but then also, where did you have to stop it being real? Because at the end of the day, I was making a game and it had to be fun, so I had to tweak it and modify it to more to, in order to make sure it's fun. I mean, one thing, you need contrast in a game. Actually, each country's hugely subtle place you can't just like reduce it to a couple of numbers and I needed to make it so that some countries were hot other countries were cold even if actually within the country they've got hot and cold parts mm -hmm. so all that kind of you had to clump them together a little bit I heard you clumped some of the countries together as well and there was some, some rage <laughs> yes. from your fans I guess Portugal doesn't exist no in no world. so Portugal is had to be combined into Spain Alaska's part of Canada and there were a number of things which had, had to be done for the sake of gameplay which People, people understand. I mean, you get a couple of emails from people asking this or, or thinking that I don't know my geography. And <laughs> I, I, I do get emails sometimes from people like making a, a strong case for why their country should be upgraded in status and actually it should be a major like sea hub or something. Like we've got all these ports and we've built these ships. and The virus would come here first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to kill us all. <laughs> yeah, we should be why dead first. Why are we not dead first? So... Um, but yeah, these things have to be done for gameplay. Like, you, 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 there are certain countries which are too small to easily touch, or they're too narrow, or in the case of Alaska, the way the disease um, infection is, is shown graphically, you can't have Alaska, which is next to Canada and not next to America, because America would become infected, and you just have this random Randomly bit of Alaska getting, getting yeah. red as well. Yeah, that makes sense. So I have cool news items which try to justify this sort of retro history. So you've got the Hayes-Herbert Treaty, which is in a modified form. I should, I should mention that we were at dinner last night, and, and uh, uh, we were hearing about the Hayes-Herbert Treaty, and this is something <laughs> that Kevin and I were completely unfamiliar well, with. I hope I've got it right now. It's about our own country. What the hell is a treaty? <laughs> <laughs> we don't make treaties. <laughs> is that a type of food? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, well, I'm curious. So, so you did mention these news items. Well, th I think they just add an enormous amount of immersion to the game mm. because as you're playing, you know, it, the neat things are happening, and they're the sorts of things you'd expect in a typical, you know, like a movie like Contagion. Mm. And they have this type of thing where there's just this, you know, world breakdown, and and I, I find that it becomes increasingly interesting and increasingly dark as things start mm. to get really, really grim toward the end when there's billions dead and it helps hopelessness paint a picture of a, of a realistic world again. Right. So it, it, it's just, it builds into the player's consciousness and it shows what they expect and, and it makes people think as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a real element of 
Plaguing is a game, but it's an educational game, and it, it makes people think about stuff which they, they know about a little bit, but they're like, wow, actually, that's quite dark. What would my government do right. if the whole world was infected with some deadly plague and we found, like, 100 people infected? Would we let them go free? Or I don't know. It's, it's impossible to know until you kind of get to that situation, but it just makes people think a little bit, that kind of what-if mm. scenario. Do you, do you write all the news uh, yourself? Um, yes, the vast, vast, vast majority. There's a couple which um, I think in the last update I asked for a couple of suggestions on Twitter and we got, I got a lot of responses and I picked three or four. From cool. Them. How like, many are there roughly? Uh, it was like, uh, there's, there's, oh, I don't know, maybe two, three, five hundred. Okay. Um, one of the new ones, like Higgs bos- the Higgs boson particle was found behind man's sofa. Man <laughs> no idea how it got there. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you start the game and the disease hasn't really done anything yet, it's, I kind of tried to have a, a mix of pseudo-realistic headlines and also ones that are a bit more humorous. So people people see them and they go, oh, that's quite funny. I've got like a Half-Life 3 reference in there. <laughs> I mean, I read it regularly. It cool. sort of goes crazy. Oh, have you seen this? Oh, Half-Life 3. That's have you funny. considered selling those headlines at all or monetizing those? Um, I think there, there, is, there is potential for some kind of native native uh, sort of branding inside the game but I don't want to get into a situation where you're detracting from the players mm-hmm. right. the players enjoyment of the game it needs to feel real it needs to be su- uh, supporting the players enjoyment of the game and so I think having a buy Coca-Cola now rah, 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 right. would, <laughs> might bring you out <laughs> of your experience <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. die the game will end in five so drinkers Coca-Cola, of Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola miraculously Coca-Cola saved yeah. in the United yeah. States <laughs> even though they don't know about the treaty that got them a lot <laughs> <Yeah. clears> interesting so uh I'm I'm curious. What was the the the, the development of, of well? Actually, I have a more important question. Why is there an ink at the n- end of the name? I've always <laughs> wondered, like, because there's no like corporation that's building mm-hmm. the plague. You sort of are the plague. What, what's so, the? He's a consultant. He's a business. <laughs> <laughs> the name was something. And why which... is it not like Plague LLC? Oh, so I, I had Plague also... Limited. Oh, well, plague no, GmbH. Let me talk. So the name, <laughs> please. <laughs> You did warn me beforehand. I did. Thank this show is really just about interrupting people, so you, you have to really. Yeah, I've got you have to get your own which piece. I'm going to blow if you like. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the, the name was something which I was thinking about constantly for the entire year of development. So when I did my first initial design document sitting in a hotel back of an envelope, Plague Inc. was at the top of the page. I just nice. it, it felt like it was something to do with disease and it ink to me sort of it was it was something different a bit different it, it, it made you think of strategy a bit as well and i was thinking about all sorts of other names and uh, i mean contagion actually was announced after i started work on it and then contagion was somewhere on the list and i, thought, oh, I can't really do that anymore and or should it just be plague and i bounced around loads of names asking lots of people most people didn't think I should go for Plague Inc. But in the end, I thought, fuck it. Right, Plague Inc. is what I... It felt right to me. Whenever I thought about it in my head, it was Plague Inc. And that's why I just went with it. It's also so wonderfully cold. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, you're in the business of killing all of yeah. humanity. And I really like that about it. Um, and Contagion, like, most of the people in this country could not spell that. Mm. Mm. Well, it, it did have a lot of other benefits. Myself. And having a unique name really helps from like a searching, a searching on the internet point okay. of view. Okay. Like being able to do speech marks, play against closed speech marks, you instantly see content that's related to you and you alone. If it was just plague, the noise is much higher. Like again, on Twitter, we're gonna, I can, any tweet about Plague Inc., that's relevant to me. Mm. Whereas you don't get that if you've got a more generic, a generic name. Uh, it's a really good name. It's also really short. 
Yeah, it fits. It fits within the, if you can see the full name on the on the yeah. app store. Right? Though now actually the app store on the phone supports multi-line titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was pretty excited for that because my next game, Zombie Highway Driver Z. No way! Like Zombie Highway, if you if you bought Zombie Highway, it the fact that the button turns into installed makes it so it just says Zombie High. Mm, but yeah. now it wraps. Okay, that's powerful. Um, so uh, you could change the name to Plague Inc. Insanely Addictive Beware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's infectious. That's the <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, um, so, so back to kind of like the way Plague Inc. has performed. I mean, you, you've been in the top 10 paid for, for a long time. I, You're bouncing around the top 10. In that, in that range, yeah, though, it's been, it's been quite a consistent I think the average chart ranking for the first year of release was 17th paid. And in the f- 2012, overall, it was the 14th most paid, 14th most downloaded paid iPhone wow. in the U.S. So, yeah. How did you, and did you... How do you do? Do you have a any strategy, or that you'd want to share? It's all just secrets. No, it's it's, it's, it's very little strategy to it. I mean, mm. it it was a hobby. I made a game I wanted to play, and there's nothing more exciting than seeing lots of other people enjoying playing it as well. And when it launched, it was a completely silent launch. No mm. one had ever heard of the game before. And actually, that's one thing about because it, it was a silent launch. I could change the name if I wanted to. It gave me that power. Just going right, back right. to the previous point, but it launched. I was actually on holiday because it released earlier than I thought it was. I, I was in holiday in Ireland with my girlfriend. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, shit, it's already released. Like, oh, uh-huh. I'm running around like, <laughs> sort of like, oh, it's so exciting. I need to put the website live. And it had already had 500, around 500 downloads in the first four hours of release before I'd even woken up. And I was like, wow, that's quite good. Like, they just found it randomly. Yeah. And then I did some posts on Shack News and Touch Arcade and was engaging with the community. And as it, I think engagement with, with the players is so important. And I think that's a real big indie advantage, that being able to, you don't have to push, push your messages through like an approval right. process or can anything. Can I say this? You yeah. can just reach out to everybody. And in the beginning, for the first couple of weeks, every single tweet to do with Plague Inc. I responded to. Wow. Every single Facebook, and I, mean, I still try to respond to a lot of um, sort of tweets. Every single Facebook post or Facebook post is, is responded to, and that's been the case ever since launch. Every single email, we've got 100,000 plus emails yeah, that they've all been responded to. So like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real gift if players are that involved in your game that they want to talk about it. And so the worst thing you can do is just let them shout into mm-hmm. open space. Like The response you get when you engage with people is so powerful. And it can open all sorts of opportunities. You can be talking with somebody who is then able to help you in an entirely different way. Like, uh, an example, on, t- on Twitter, I saw a guy post about playing and saying he liked it. I thought, oh, great, I'm really glad. I hope you try this bit later. And he, he was a guy called Elias, um, I can't pronounce his surname, Tuflexis? Tuflexis, yeah. Tuflexis, the yeah. voice actor in... The voice actor uh, in Deus Ex. Deus yeah. Ex, Human Revolution. And I saw, oh, that's really cool that he likes my game, wow. And then later on, when I was deciding to do a sort of a cinematic um, trailer for the game, I dropped him a note and said, hey, you mentioned you like playing. Would you like to be the voice wow. in this trailer? And that's a, a pure example. I would never have had that connection if I hadn't been interacting with yeah. people and and it's such it's just so powerful being able to talk to them and to see how they feel what they like what they don't like and yeah but that's very helpful super powerful so yeah. that that's that i'd say is my only real secret that, that sure. that's that's all i've done i haven't done anything apart from that. one right. thing I, I think is beyond it being in the top because um, being in the top uh paid 
these days um, is very nice. Um, but Plague also monetizes really well. Mm-hmm. It's also relative to its sort of neighbors, its paid chart neighbors, it is m- much higher on the grossing chart. So it's been um, in the top grossing, top 100 grossing for the whole of its existence. However, Plague is very much not, um, it's monetized in a very, you have no consumables. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you told me something yesterday, I don't know if you are once again comfortable here, but if you could talk to us a little bit about your methodology uh, for how you selected uh, uh, what to have as your in-app purchase mm-hmm. uh, items and why you chose <coughs> not to have consumables. So. For me, it all comes back to I was making this as a hobby. I wanted to have a game that I enjoyed playing myself and I could feel proud of. And I don't really like in-app purchases myself, and so I didn't want to force them on anybody else. When the game launched, it didn't have in-app purchases in. You just had the you progress from bacteria to virus all the way through to bioweapon. And as you unlock, as you complete one, you unlock the next. And immediately on launch, people were asking for some kind of way to get the cool sounding bioweapon at the end even if they couldn't or didn't want to play through all of them and so I added in in in-app purchases but they're very much just a way to to skip ahead to different content you're buying specific things so a a player will will decide okay I'm going to buy the bioweapon disease type right and they know full well that they can get that just by playing the game but they choose to buy it it's a specific thing they can restore that purchase and they can go to their friend and go hey i bought i bought the bioweapon it's so cool you've got to get it as well and it's something that they, it's a specific thing that they can buy and enjoy and i think often with consumables especially with currency you don't really buy a specific thing because you're going through that currency link it's it's a bit detached and i i really try to make sure that people have something which they can be excited about and tell their friends. So I've added in lots of, um, or two new disease types, a mind control worm and a zombie virus. And again, those you can complete, you can get just by completing the whole game, or you can buy it. And if some people buy it, they're like, yes, this is wonderful, it's so exciting, and they, they, they my favorite disease type. And they're, they're passionate about it in a way that I think um, sort of in our currency doesn't really let you have Oh, I just got $10,000. I'm mm. so yeah, excited about it. Yeah, and right. you spend that $10,000 to move yourself slightly further along an infinite line. Right. And then it's gone. You're like, oh, what did I spend that on? I can't remember. I felt, I felt good for five seconds when I pressed the buy on that shiny new thing I wanted, but now <coughs> it's gone. I think that's like America's motto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that's, I mean, Zombie Highway is the same way. Uh, not by... Well, I launched without IP by by choice for the same reason that you. And then Arash like really twisted my arm, and Sirban, uh, uh, a partner, a previous partner of Arash's, uh, also twisted my arm. Like he really like made this like heartfelt plea to me. He's like, just anything, anything. <laughs> you just... want money, don't you? <laughs> it's good, right? <laughs> so so I added the in I purchase, but just like you did, it was it's a it's an item you buy. Only certain things you can buy mm. that don't sort of really make you win as easily but they're just like I want to experience that um, though it's hard to do it's kind of interesting because typically having like in-app purchase for like a level like unlock a level pack I mean I'm sure Arash can tell you like that probably the majority of the money from IP in Tower Madness does not come from like level packs I'm sure mm. that might be from maybe peaks on updates but I'm sure it's that mostly the, the weapons it's mostly the weapons flamethrowers yeah uh, because you know people do want to pay for advantage mm. um it is interesting how well uh, uh, Plague has uh, monetized that way. Um, 
for it's almost like as if the fact that they know that they could get it it's almost like if those if all those level packs were actually in, in tower madness were actually unlockable right but just really hard and you had to beat some really hard levels mm. yeah. Yeah, i think if the, i guess if you know that it's part of the core gameplay mm-hmm. sure. and you don't feel like oh i like this game but do i like it enough to buy all that extra stuff it's just i'm gonna keep on playing the game as normal it's 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 in the normal chain I don't right know. yeah maybe it's the yeah. really you know it's what i i call I mean, the energy model mm-hmm. you know where it's just mm. like you're like well you know if i had more time mm. i could get this and it's not like if i had more money i could get this they don't the decision is different it's more about like i'm using money to save time mm. i'm not using it's almost like and then the if it's not part of the game then it's like i'm using money to to waste more time almost mm. it's like well i'm saving time by giving them money there's an interesting psychology there they have there aren't that many use cases because everyone has gotten on the currency bandwagon mm. um which i i have in i guess so. too. but i think that you can do the currency thing well still i think that's something which indie developers probably have as an advantage is they can they 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 don't have responsibility to shareholders or to sort of large numbers of employees so they can consciously make a decision well i could be really aggressive with this in app with this in app purchase but i'm not going to i'm going to make sure that it still feels right, right. so if it, you can you can do currency well yeah. it's just that some people again if they're large companies and they've got to sort of pay a lot of employees i mean it's very hard for them to turn down money whereas an indie developer, I think, tends to be more passionate about their project, and it's I want to feel proud of what I'm doing. I think that's an immensely important thing, and that shapes how you yeah. do any kind of in-app purchase. And I think it really is important to point out that yeah, it's just like it's just another example of it's there's no one solution, mm. you know, uh, and and it's not just there's no one solution for you. It's like if you if you want to you want to be a top grossing app, you still you don't you don't have to do it a certain way. Mm. Right. Um, um, and I think that's good to point out those, yeah, those. Uh, I wouldn't call it an anomaly, but just people who tried something different and um, there's no weren't punished for there's it. There's no rules set in concrete. Right. Any you can, any, you should always try stuff because mm-hmm. you never know. It's always work. the way to do it. Yeah. Speaking of, of trying stuff, so uh, you have played Gink on Android. Yes. Um, and it's uh, it's a bit different from a lot of people's Android strategies in that you released it free from the beginning. Yes. Um, would you mind talking a bit about how that experience has been? Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps maybe a little bit about the porting, but then I'm mostly curious about whether you've seen, uh, you know, boosts in iOS from your Android mm-hmm. release, whether the Android uh, version of Plague is, is essentially just a vehicle for people to tell their friends with iOS devices to so get the game. Android is immensely important. I mentioned this at my GDC talk. Like, there's no reason not to bring a reasonably successful game onto iOS. I think in the past, maybe there were good reasons not to but now it's a no-brainer i didn't have uh, i didn't have the technical bandwidth to bring it onto i and onto android myself so i found somebody to port it for me and it's the benefit that i've had from having it on android is absolutely phenomenal now when i looked on android originally i was looking at some of the um, paid apps which were really good and I was looking at them on Android, and they like sold maybe fifty thousand copies or something. I thought well, that's a bit shit. So then I started th- looking at the looking at the f- the free model more. And by then I had the in-app purchases in the game, and they were performing very well. And I thought, well, let's make it free. Put in an extra in-app purchase, which is kind of a full game lock. So if you want to fast forward your game or use genetic mo- modifications, then you've got to pay for it. But otherwise, the game is is all there. And then. Went, went with that instead, and the results were incredible. You can look on, I mean, Android's made 
made a lot of money and it's done very well on Android, but it's the impact on iOS which is so mm. important. You can look at my ratings charts and you can see where uh, for iOS and you can see where it launched on Android because Plague Inc. is a very viral haha game, but it, it, it's a game which spreads because people want to tell their friends about it. And once you've got Android, you're instantly accessing a huge market, and they'll tell their friends. Some of them will have iOS devices. And <coughs> it, it's, it's, it's so beneficial. It, we, it, the benefit has been about iOS. So even if you think you're not going to make that much money off the Android port itself, think about what it will do to your iOS one. And so I would 100% recommend Android to everybody. Sure. And I think it's only going to get more more impactful in the future as you get more and more devices. Right. And it's, it's challenging, but development's challenging in general. Mm-hmm. You challenge is part of the fun. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, and I, I totally hear you about the, the, the development bandwidth. And also, it's just a matter of expertise. I think if your team is uh, skilled on iOS, uh, Android is often a completely different beast. Mm. And we've seen uh, developers take different approaches to, to sort of getting over that challenge and one is the is the route of you know bringing on an, an outside developer who takes a revenue share which is essentially a great way to go because if it doesn't do well on android then you're not really out mm. any money and if it does well it's it's really just free money because mm. you haven't expended any effort free money and building your brand more. exactly like it's not just a cash a cash in thing it's it's a core part of your product strategy right and do you do you find that your android users are uh just as as vocal as your ios mm-hmm. users do you find them on twitter and, and everywhere yeah, as, yeah. As, as much as you do with with ios so absolutely, it's really absolutely they're just it, as vocal as fans it's it's people people are engaged and excited by plaguing regardless of the platform doesn't mm-hmm. matter what country they're in or what platform they're on so far the experience they've had has been the same now as we localize it into japanese and korean this may change they may be a different market but so far, when it's been localized into other languages, the impact is exactly the same as it would be in an English country. Like, it instantly bounces up the charts as soon as it's been localized. And, yeah, por- porting localization, people enjoy the game, and that's the case regardless of what platform. Right. Um, I'm curious, now that you mentioned uh, Korean and, and other Asian languages, what is your, do you anticipate there to be a challenge? I mean, you mentioned that you reply to all of your, your sort of hmm. fan mail yeah. personally. <coughs> uh, and this is something we've thought about as well as we uh, look to localize all the future versions of our games is that support becomes a challenge. Mm. Um, it's not just, it doesn't end at localization. It's not just a bunch of strings that get translated into simplified Chinese and you can call it a day. There's a sea of Chinese email you're going to be getting and then uh, social media and often potentially negative things that need to be uh, moderated that, that you need a native speaker to really analyze. So I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think that the localizing the strings and localizing the game and the content is the only thing that's 100% required. One of the strings I get my translators to translate for me is, we have translated this game as a request from the players, but please understand that we're a one-man English company (laughs) and we can't respond to requests in other languages. And we say that, and that's on the App Store, so they can see that before they buy it. And... I also have a b- another sort of boilerplate bit of text which says, sorry, we couldn't translate the piece of text below. So if I want to say anything, I just include that and then have the English as normal. Now, we do get some foreign language support requests. Google Translate is it good does, enough for most good. of them. And you like, can just I mean, we're not talking English. crazily mm-hmm. complex stuff. And people will appreciate if you, you can guess what you think they're saying and you can respond anywhere and they'll, they'll, they'll appreciate that. The one thing which does need to be fixed is if there's a, a, an incorrect translation somewhere. Right. But again, people are more than happy to help you with that. Like, 
we have a situation where the, the French version of hot, a hot, uh, um, a heat-resistant disease, disease versus a cold-resistant disease, the, the translations are inverted. So, oh. and it, it, the graphics people can understand anyway because the graphics are still there. But they've just emailed me. We've got, great, we'll get that fixed. In it goes. Great. So that's that's it. I'd say that's the only. It, it can be pretty much fire and forget. And I mean, when I am looking at Twitter again, stick the Twitter things into Google Translate, and I just. A glad you're liking it, or a smiley face. I mean, those kind of things are universal. Mm -hmm. So, you hopefully, a smiley face is universal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing some horrendously rude <laughs> thing to people in Brazil. Apologies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, did you did you say you're going live in Korea soon? Soon. Okay. So, I've I've got we, we've we've got the. Korean and Japanese localizations mm -hmm. almost good to go. I just want to make. I mean, they're such important countries that I want to make sure that they're a hundred percent perfect. And then once they're in, then that should be quite exciting. Because sure, sure. I mean, you hear so much about these markets now. It's quite scary because I. It's culturally they're so different. Like doing it into German and French. I mean, you kind of mm -hmm. have a similar culture. Whereas there, I've got no idea how it's going to be received. So we'll see. Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> Protest in the street. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, Man for life. So, so Plague has changed a, a good amount from when you released it to, you know, when we look at the latest version today. I mean, you've added a lot of different modes, and, and the, the gameplay itself has just, it's become slightly more complex. Mm -hmm. um, is, is Plague done in your mind? Or yeah, do you think yeah. you're going to keep, keep expanding Plague? Is there going to be a, uh, perhaps a Plague 2? Or are you at all thinking about different games? I mean, the process of making Plague, have you had thoughts that, man, it'd be really cool to make a, you know, a <laughs> so, yes, farm, I, runner I farming every, game. I think every game designer has like a million game ideas in their head and the challenge is, what? is not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Except for Kevin. Yeah. I hope this podcast goes well. Zombie highway. <laughs> but I, I think there's a... Well, there's several questions. So firstly, is Plague done? Absolutely not. I, I, I'm, I made Plague Inc. as a hobby, and I'm still having a fucking wonderful time adding new content to it. And there's so much more that can be done with it. I've got a list of things. I've got my to-do list is is crazy. Like, it's so long. I'm never going to be able to do it all. But I'm going to make a damn good try at doing as much of it as possible. So I want to keep on working on Plague and adding new content for as long as people are there to appreciate it. New game ideas? Yes, I've got loads of ideas I'd love to do, but I can't let myself think about them. I have a big ideas book, and I write them in there, and then I slam it shut, and I never look at it again. Just because it's it's so tempting to move on to the next project, or to think, oh, okay, I'm going to do, do this now. But actually, Plague Inc. Is, is still something I really enjoy working on. It's something which is being enjoyed by a lot of people. And I, I want to give the players more content. I think they 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 they're... they're they're being enthusiastic and supporting it, and so I sort of owe it to them to keep on giving them more content. Sort of feed off each other, yeah. Yeah, plus Plague Inc's done so well, there's no guarantee that a future project would do that, so I really need, to, I owe it to myself to, to really make the most of the opportunity that I've been given here. Right, it's not like you're like, well, there's all this un, you know, charted territory. Mm. It's like, no, I've, yeah, it's charted. You know, you don't, you don't have that, uh, even an app that was, like, of Zombie Highway's success or whatever, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of room there, and you're, mm. like, you know, I was just thinking, like, well, could an app be even more, your next app be even more successful? And it's it's pretty limited, mm. actually. And I don't think, and you shouldn't do something just driven by success. It comes yeah. back to doing what you enjoy. And, like, if you're going to enjoy working on it, work on it. If not, find something else If you do. enjoy money, though. Yeah. yeah. As, as, as Kevin I'm does. I'm just joking around. <laughs> money is a way to keep score. Like, right, but the, yeah. money is, the money is just a, a, a sort of a way to show that people really do enjoy what you're doing. It's right. not, I think if that's the motivator, then you sort of quickly get into pretty dubious 
territory. I have yeah. to say, I, uh, James is true to his word here, too. And even given the money that the plague has been getting, he, he's really neglected to do anything ridiculously <laughs> pompous or, or extravagant. He's boring. Yeah. He is quite boring. And Kevin was, was uh, offended by this and, and wishes to change James slightly. Uh, yes, I wasn't offended. Yes, I was. You were a bit offended, I think. Because Mildly. He, because he, there's all these cool cars that never come to the U.S. <laughs> They're, you know, like... Yeah, all these rare Aston Martins. I was trying to get him to buy... No, for, no, Aston Martin, you know, I could, a man can dream. I was trying to get him to get a Ford Fiesta ST, the two-door, you know, 215 pound-feet of torque on their gasoline. And it weighs 20, like, 2,200 pounds. 2,200 pounds. It's got, like, same, you know, it's got, like, same pound, you know, torque to weight ratio as your car. Not quite. Your, your car has more torque. But... It's not. This is twenty five thousand pounds. Twenty five thousand know? pounds. So in any case, I guess no, no, I, I think to, it's less. Than I need to lock, no lock you in front of you know Keith Shepard and, and James, and then we'll. Well, yeah. Let you just, just Keith is a different yell story. Keith, for a while yeah, and... Keith is a different story. <laughs> Keith has me. He has. He has me. He has me confused. I'll save that one for Walled Garden angry. He's just gonna buy like he's gonna buy like <laughs> a rainbow. One day he's just, just gonna be like, a, Hey guys, look what I got and it's gonna be like a It'll rainbow, be a rainbow of like McLaren's. <laughs> Every like, color. Too far, Keith, too, too far. far. Slow Back down. it down. There's sell, gonna be temple run those, icons on all the hoods. Give and... those to charity. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not enough mm. and then I'll A man much. can dream. Yeah. No cars on the on the purchase on plan the right. now. Well, you live in the, those tiny little streets, and everything's on the wrong yeah, side. Yeah, the cobblestone. I think you guys don't have pavement, do you? No, we got pavement. Really? Yeah, it's a new thing. Right? is supposed to have this, this incredible suspension. Cobblestone resistant system. You should buy like a rolls. It's like the most obnoxious. <laughs> just like you know, plague 12, logos. You know, the, London is it's just not for driving. Like when I when I yeah. moved to London, it took me longer to get from my my parents' house to London than it did to get from one side of London to my new house. It was it was just like the traffic is unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm like, no way I'm driving here. And there's so many taxes and things, right? Like there's a consumption tax for going for coming into the city. There's like you, you uh, drive congestion. congestion. That's charge, actually yeah. quite clever. You guys could learn from that. We have that yeah. somewhere. Uh, one really? city is starting to do this. Uh, actually, I don't somewhere have any idea. No, not really. I was going to say San Francisco sort yeah, of like, does we that would with do market. That, we would do that first. Yeah. Um, I think people are investigating it. It's definitely something which has done. It's, 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 it's noted as a success story for managing. Mm-hmm. Like, right, because it has a different value to different people, and we're not. Uh, mm. It's not represented at all, you know. So, but interesting. We'll see. London's well, a very specific, beautiful little uh, place. Give it, give it time. You'll see more and more of them popping out. Yeah, I think so. Like, you get, you've got. Do you know what roundabouts are? Yeah, we yeah, do. So we have roundabouts. We have those. They confuse our drivers. <laughs> I have. I have more than once seen someone they're turn left on a roundabout. Or I guess, what direction do you usually? They're go becoming around? more popular. I mean, they're, they're a great way to do traffic management. They'll, yeah, be, they'll, yeah. they'll eventually find them. Yeah, you guys are maybe. A couple there of needs to be. What it is is they need a pamphlet at the entrance to each one so that an American can read and learn about the benefits and how they operate them. And there's a three-step process. And also, your navigation system needs to tell you what to do. No, complete system. You really need everything there. Yeah. Um, that was a cool thing about WWDC, the announcement of iPhone in your car. Yes. I'm pretty excited mm. about that. It's like, okay, finally, all of the car manufacturers can just stop developing their shit <laughs> right. in the car, whatever system. And it's just like, look, it's Here an it external is. display. Here it works. And it does not support Porsche. Uh, it, not at the, as, a, as a launch partner, no, but there's no guarantee that For, it won't. Ferrari's in there. I guess you'll have it before I will, won't you? The BMW is not a launch partner either. Ah. Unless so Ferrari is, though, so work on that we do we need we need to do a car show now that neutral fm is gone yeah. we need to uh 
I think some there's a gap in the market. I don't think and so. And I well, I think and I think it's something we need. There's a gap in the market for Well Garden Weekly. It's a podcast I would listen to. <laughs> yeah, why don't we fulfill <laughs> our own gap. our yeah. own show first? That would be really funny if it's like, what do you? What, you know, where's the <laughs> next Well Garden Weekly? We're recording we're some recording. other show. Wouldn't that be great? That's what we get. Like every time there's a Tower Madness update, it's like, why aren't you working on Zombie Gunship? When there's a Zombie Gunship update, where are the new Tower Madness maps? There is no way out from underneath the content production rock. I'm good with one podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'll anyway, so well, oh, we're here. We're here to our uh, do with James. James is like, what? I don't know what cars you're talking yeah, is about. The, is the brake? I have a little Nissan right? Micra. It doesn't go very fast, but I can park it anywhere. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So thanks for joining us. This has been awesome. I yeah. appreciate all the tips. Um, if you have any questions for James that we didn't cover, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you do. Uh, feel free to send them to us at uh, contact at wildgardenweekly.com, and I can forward them off to him uh, as well or to, as or to him or to him directly. He's, he's on, on Twitter on. at Endemic Creations. Starts with an N. Endemic. You know, I'll probably tweet this episode, so just come look at my feed at AKGFX. Um, but uh, yeah, we're gonna go off and enjoy the WWDC bash. Which is a Except party that Apple throws. Oh, yeah, Kevin doesn't have a pass. <laughs> luckily, at WWDC. I, luckly, I bought a lot of extra beer, so I'll just get sloshed <laughs> here just, in the room. You can watch it from the windows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that looks <laughs> like that fun down fun. there. That's Kevin. <laughs> cool. All right, so we'll see you next week. Next whenever. Month? Go on, commit well, yourself. Make a commitment. I'm, make I a may, solo commitment. You know what? I maybe have to change the logo. It's just going to be Walter Tell Ross to make a commitment. He's going to jump out of this window right It's going to get weird, too, because I'm going to be going up and down to Seattle, and we may have to do some Skype podcasts. I, what? We, we always said we'd never I do that, okay, though. No, you, I, I, I caved on that a while ago, but you were like, no. No, yeah, it was actually my... my okay, so I've got a hold together. I'm going I'm to fly out here for this podcast. No, it's okay, because I feel like the high... I think, you know, higher quality episodes, higher quality episodes less frequently is... I hope this was a high quality episode. Yeah, it was. I, I think know. it was a great James episode. James is okay, I guess. <laughs> I should there's one thing I also want to make public. So there's a race that James and oh, I have, right. are gonna make tradition. Every yes. time we see each other it's very we do a we do a foot race up a San Francisco hill. Uh this this started uh, last last time at GDC, which was when I met James. And um we were just I sort of destroyed him. I so we were, him we were like walking on this hill and the entire time James like a child is like, You want to run up the hill? No, I'm going to beat incorrect. you. <laughs> I'll be I'll beat you. Just let's just do it. And I'm like, James, I'm tired, I'm, my is, feet hurt, I've been walking Potter all week. Massively biased. <laughs> <laughs> he does. James actually has a little bit of lightning in both. No, and uh, so so I was like, okay, fine. And, and uh, Adam from from One Man Left, the uh, Tilt to Live guys, was there as well. So the three of us, uh, as moderated by Iman, my co-founder, um, on video, ran up this mm. hill. And uh, I will concede that James did a good job of of. of beating me at the starting line <laughs> uh, and and made it up the hill before I think before I gave I you a head start. I don't I? think you did any I such thing. There was no head start. Yeah, because you were me, crying. He said that he, he gave you a head start. Oh, he's lying now. No, no, no. he was, he was crying. He was, he was crying and he said he wasn't going to stop crying until he got a head start. I was, so, uh, uh, go on then. I, I do do that sometimes, as people <laughs> will know. Uh, in any case, I came in second, and, and you know, really, we need to bring bring Adam back mm. into this too. I need to. Find you haven't, you haven't had training. a rematch yet, have you? No, there hasn't been a rematch yet. Okay, so, so maybe I'll put it on tonight. The, I might have to put it on. It's the happening tonight. The requirements are that I both be drunk and also just like really tired. So I think <laughs> I'm, I'm halfway there. Uh, in any case, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.